Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Litecoin Underground Podcast. So this week uh, is another clip from a Spaces we had uh, a couple weeks ago, and my primary goal was uh, to talk about remittances. So I'll, you'll hear in the in the episode, you know, I kind of had a couple experiences and got to thinking about what's the real value of Litecoin in the in the near term, in the short term. Like, what's something that is a use case that can be valuable to people uh, today, not hypothetically in the future, not we're going to become a the world reserve currency or a national currency, but what's a genuine pain point uh, that Litecoin can solve today? And, you know, to me, it's very clear that if somebody's paying a large fee to move money uh, from one country to another, then that's what these monies are meant for, to be able to do that without any kind of intermediary and save quite a bit of cost. So I thought it was an interesting conversation. We veer into an interesting area, which often happens in spaces. We end up talking a bit about uh, healthcare uh, because one of the guys who comes in, I call him Animal. I don't know his tag on Twitter. I know it starts at A-N-M-L, so that's why I've always called him Animal. Um, but he talked about going down there. He's from Canada and the healthcare he wanted wasn't really readily available in Canada. So he had to go to Mexico and he talks about stem cells a little bit. And I don't know, I thought it was interesting. And that tends to be what these spaces do is we kind of meander in our conversation, which which I like. I think that's, you know, getting off topic once in a while uh, is kind of nice. We don't have to talk about uh, cryptocurrency uh, all the time. Uh, so anyway, I hope you enjoy it and I appreciate the support as always. Have a good week. titled this grassroots adoption but we got into ordinals which is fine actually i thought that was an interesting conversation but uh i was driving uh down to work down the highway and i drove by this bus it was called a tornado bus and i was like and it was all and i'm up in ohio right it was like to houston um what's the one way down south san antonio brown is it brownsville something like that and all the language on the side of the bus was Spanish. And it was clear to me, like, okay, this is intended, you know, to, for Spanish-speaking people. Uh, to get down to Texas, it might be migrant work. I'm not really sure what the purpose of it was because I'm, you know, I'm a thousand miles away. And then just today, again, I saw the same bus. I was driving at the same time. So maybe it's a regular run. And it just really made me think about, like, some of our you know, we get very kind of uh, scattered in what are the things we want to work on, right? As we just did right there. We talked about a couple things. But, like, the most obvious place that Litecoin can be valuable to people is in remittances. You know, and, like, catering to that market of people who are sending money from the USA to not only Latin America. I was looking up. I was surprised how much money is sent to. I think India is the most money that's sent around the world. Uh, China. I want to say Nigeria was one. I was surprised that it wasn't just, you know, I, I kind of figured Latin America was the most obvious one, but it just made me think about like, that's such an, that's such a simple place for Litecoin to make sense for users purely, even if it's just purely, I buy it, I move the money. And then on the other end, they sell it and replace Western union because Western union or uh, fees. They said, I think the IMF, I looked up a report, um, in the U.S. to 
basically anywhere, the lowest fees are about six and a half percent and they can get up 15 to 20%. And in other parts of the world, like, I mean, like Australia to Papua New Guinea was one, it was like 23% or something is the rate they pay the fees that are combined between the sending fee and the receiving fee, whatever it is you have to pay. There's always some sort of agent on each side. Right. And, um, yeah, I just, I feel like that's a place that we get so focused on the big, you know, we want to adopt a country or you want to, you know, some bank or some app to add Litecoin. It's like, in the reality, the people that will build this thing are the people that can see real value and save, you know, if you imagine 6% of all your paycheck is getting taken because you're sending it to your family, that's just pointless, you know? I don't know how to do that, but I feel like that's such a place for us to to target and think about how do we how do we facilitate that and try to understand what are the what are the roadblocks are people doing that like today with with Bitcoin um, with Lightning are they trying to do it with different things and maybe not having any success I don't know. I know, again, these are just ideas I'm throwing out there. I just I just feel like that's something that we're really kind of missing the boat on. Because it's a huge, I think, you know, I think India was like $200 billion a year. Some crazy number of dollars get shipped overseas. And then that led me to looking at, like I said today, Belize and Barbados are two places that could realistically adopt Litecoin where you could use Litecoin and there's no capital gains tax. So there'd be no need to report any tax gains or losses on it. I don't know. That's just a thing. You guys can, nobody seems interested in talking about that, but Al, Al Lighthouse, you know, he told me, he said uh, that he did some stuff sending money to his family or his wife's family or something. And that was where instantly like the light went off with her of like, Oh, okay. Now I get it. Right. Because it's so quick and easy, you don't have to go report to some, go find a Western Union station and all that. But so, right. uh, how does PayPal and Venmo factor into this? Like, it it does that, doesn't it? Um, I don't know. I don't know if you're allowed to to send internationally with Litecoin. Well, with Litecoin, you can. I don't know what it takes to have a PayPal account. Do you have to have a bank to have a PayPal account? Uh, I don't know. I think it having a bank account makes it a lot easier. You might be able to just uh, use PayPal as a bank account. Like if you have a business and accept uh, you know, money from people, you might not need to have a bank account. To, but I don't know. My 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 bank account's linked to my PayPal. Um, yeah, me too. So you got PayPal. I mean, there's Venmo. That MoneyGram was another one, right? That um, added Litecoin. Gosh, maybe a year ago, along with Bitcoin and Ethereum. And like, I even got to imagine like stuff like, you know, you got like your Coinstar out there, or you know, ATMs. But the problem with those is those are even more expensive than. <laughs> Then you would be paying the six percent. A lot of those are, you know, just heinous the, the rates that those people charge. And I understand maybe they have to protect themselves against, uh, you know, 
the the market moving. They probably have to pay rent for the space or something right there. They're giving a cut to the shop owner or something like that. But that feels like a, a place that we're really it's it's an obvious place that Litecoin fits. And I'm not quite sure what we would need to do to to make that happen. Cause I think like Indigo, what you what you've definitely sparked in my opinion is that there are so many things that can be done that need and granted you're not doing the coding but you're at least putting it out there as far as a bounty you're doing a little bit of digging to say okay this is what needs to be done can somebody do it and you know we're finding for a fairly low cost these things are possible there's no reason we can't uh find a way to to make this accessible for people. I mean, it's simply like I looked at this company up tornado bus or whatever it is, you know, they've got like 350 Twitter followers. So it's probably somebody you could reach out to picking up a phone saying, is there a way to incorporate this? Would this be something that would be interesting to you? Would you accept payment in this? Um, and what would be the hurdles to do that? And just learning, asking some questions to find out why don't they, what would be the problems? And then, taking that information back and okay let's let's try to solve it and it's almost like one at a time what are these migrant services that people that that are used and if if people see hey litecoins i can spend litecoin everywhere it just feels like a it's just obvious it's sitting right in front of our face you know what i mean or javier javier's coming up he can speak to it he's he's our uh latin american connection <laughs> he's uh, he's uh, i was in mexico last week actually yeah yeah, oh, then, yeah. You, then you tell me i don't know then what what are we missing but well, I, I mean i was in there for uh, for a medical procedure right and um actually i i, I have a, a a bum rotator cuff can i give a time and... off for that hang on you live in sure. canada you live in canada with free health care that's right and you went to mexico for a rotator yeah. cuff. correct well, because in Canada over here, they're like, "Listen, you got a tear, uh, so for that, we got to cut you up and and stitch it together, right?" Um, and after doing some research, not a lot. Like, uh, what first led me to it was uh, Mel Gibson on on Rogan, and then um, then I did some more digging. I found there's a bunch of other testimonials from from famous people and MMA fighters, for example, um, doing stem cell therapy. And it's really interesting how, how Mexico and countries in Central America, like uh, Colombia and, and Panama, have really uh, risen to the challenge just because um, of, of bringing, like, state-of-the-art uh, stem cell therapies to the market, um, just because of the regulatory uh, chokehold that the pharmaceutical industry has on the U.S. and, and Canadi uh, I guess Canadian hospitals. Um, essentially, so this is like a conspiracy theory I'm about to lay out, but it's, I mean, pretty much agreed upon by most of the people that I've spoken to. Um, there's not, so the excuse that my doctor told me for not recommending it or for not even talk, wanting to talk about it was that there wasn't enough, uh, data. There wasn't enough, uh, you know, uh, studies being made. There wasn't enough you know, research articles published about it um, that, you know, they felt comfortable. And in fact, there are a bunch of clinical trials 
for stem cell therapy for things like arthritis and um, uh, different autoimmune diseases. Uh, but it's moving at such a glacial pace. And in fact, George W. Bush in, in the States, uh, he banned it while he was in office. I remember that. It was a big debate. Yeah. And for religious yeah, reasons. Exactly. He said it was satanic. Right. He said you were taking babies and then um, taking parts from babies. Right. And then injecting them to yourselves. Um, and I mean, that this isn't the case at all. It couldn't be. Well, look, I want to say it couldn't be further from the truth. They're taking the like essentially umbilical cords, which are technically part of the mother um, and the placenta. Right. And they're using this and this is donated. These are donated stems, like umbilical cords and donated placentas from um, women who have scheduled C-sections. Um, and so the babies are out there living full and healthy lives, right? Like, it's not like they're losing anything. Um, and so, okay, so here's the, the nuance now with, with Mexico and Colombia and Panama. They're able to culture stem cells. They're... Um, Government has allowed, regulated, and has set up a framework for labs um, to comply with in multiplying stem cells. So, whereas in North America, you know, you can you can have uh, if you have a, if you have a child and the mother has a scheduled C-section, you can have the um, umbilical cord and placenta harvested and uh, stored, right, uh, cryogenically stored. Um, for a yearly fee, and the, the initial uh, harvesting costs money too, um, which is great. Which I think is probably the most like if I were to if I were to have a kid, I would certainly do that. Um, but it's really limiting because so those stem cells can only be used for you and your family. Like I don't even think it would work for your extended family. I'm not sure if say I had some that I could, you know, give them to my grandmother, you know, for a bum for a bummed hip. Um, whereas in Mexico, they're allowed to essentially, so the clinic I went to was telling me that the lab that they use, they get one, one umbilical cord and placenta unit, um, every six months. And from that, they're able to make so many stem cells, right? They're able to culture, multiply, um, stem cells to the point where they can serve their clients for six months. Um, it's like this ancient and, monkeys inscriptions, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, they make child <laughs> child cells, right? So yeah, I went I went down there because I was I was in a lot of pain. Like I wasn't able to sleep because you know there was nothing I could do, no position I could get in that would make it comfortable for my shoulder. Um, and so I went down there. I got some like I got a bunch injected in my shoulder, and I got even an IV. Um. And it was it was pretty affordable. Like so, it was like you know five thousand dollars US. Um, for me, like you know something related to your health, it's I just put on my credit card. You know what I mean? Like I was like fuck it. Well, yeah, yeah. You can't sleep. <laughs> put, yeah. You know, and no, the guy the guy was accepting crypto, and I actually had brought some Litecoin down with me, but uh, it was a Monday, and the Monday I went to pay, you know, Litecoin went down ten bucks. Right? It was at ninety before, and then it went down to eighty. I was like, oh. I'll just put on my credit card. Right, <laughs> I'm not gonna yeah. sell here, and I really should have because you know it's going down now. It's like I would have been on top today, but whatever. Can't right. uh, can't tell the future.
Hey guys, quick break in the action because I wanted to tell you guys about Cake Wallet. You know they're the official Litecoin underground wallet. What I want to tell you really quick is all the exciting things you can do with Cake Wallet. I've been using it for a long time and they just keep adding more functionality for people that actually want to hold and spend their cryptocurrency. You know you can swap between cryptocurrencies, Bitcoin, Litecoin, Monero, and hundreds of others. You obviously can hold those assets, Bitcoin, Litecoin, and Monero in the wallet. You can buy inside the app if you want to. You can use CakePay, which is a bunch of gift cards. I use them all the time. I use them at AutoZone, Home Depot. I take my family to the movies. I take them to dinner, and I'm always using my Litecoin. It's such an easy way to do it. They also have a new way of invoicing customers, Trocador app. There's BirdPay, so you can tip people on Twitter. You could even tip me, hypothetically, if you wanted to. You know, just go into CakeWallet, type at LTC Underground, and send, I don't know, 10 cents just for the fun of it to try it out. So download CakeWallet, and I'll let you get back to the show. See? Yeah. See? I mean, this is, takes me to my price-pumping reduces adoption <laughs> because we're excited I, I for the price to go up so we go i don't want to sell it hey hey animal just a quick comment um yeah the thing is that you're right underground at six percent here then they get to usually it's a small town that you're sending the money to so they're going to gouge you wherever it ends up there then they got to pay the kid because there's only one phone in the town to run to the person's house to tell them that they've got some money coming in i mean if they get 25 if they get 75 percent of whatever you send at the end it's a lot and animal you on on that i'm some i'm sure you're one of or you could be one of the people that come down here to south padre right now i'm at the tip of texas at uh my beach house and you know the canadians come here every year y'all are the snowbirds that are and most of them come not only for the procedures but for the medications uh we know we know a bunch of canadians that are here every year not only that but the cost of living in south texas at the tip of texas is really i mean avocados fresh fruit uh if you're living green you you probably need to come to South Texas because this is where most of the produce or there's a great deal of produce and the cost of living is nothing because you're so close to the border. I don't know if you come or if you have any people that come down this far. I, I went to uh, Puerto Vallarta actually. Um, but yeah, it was beautiful. And I mean, honestly, it's such a charming uh, part of Mexico. I, I've never been to before. Yeah, there's some um, great, great cancer and these are American companies. It's not, it's American yeah, companies yeah. that are not allowed to work here in the United States. It's most people have an impression that they're going into some right, third some world thing. Third yeah. world. And it's, it's by no, as a matter it's of cutting fact, edge, it really is state of the art. I, well, you know, if you I look on a conspiracy theory animal, think about like when you watch movies, and people have to go to doctors in third world countries. In Mexico, it's always like, you know, there's chickens and shit on the floor, right? <laughs> like, Yo, it felt really cyberpunk, actually. It yeah, really felt, it, it was like going there to get some stem cells. It was, it was pretty surreal, actually. <laughs> like a future. But you think about it, like, that's kind of what we're filled with our whole lives, right? Like, oh, you would never go, don't go anywhere else to get health care. Are you crazy? You only stay in the U.S. 
because they're going to pop you up funny. and steal your kidneys. <laughs> I, I actually, before I left Florida, I came down here and I had a tooth pulled and then I was going to get my teeth cleaned. I said, I didn't have time. I came here over there. They quoted me a thousand to do a deep clean. They did it for 30 bucks here. And I mean, it's, I, I know the culture and I know where to go and I know where to ask, but that's just, how much we are overpaying for our medical system here anyway how often you see an article too where it's like woman went to jamaica to get a breast implant or something and they put rocks in her chest like just some ridiculous story you know that you that probably happened that maybe there's some sort of hack out there but it definitely makes you makes you uh I think anybody in the U.S. goes, eh, I'll just trust what I have, right? Last thing I want to do is risk my health. So it just keeps you more trapped. Yeah, it's, I, fear, I, it's fear, fear pumping. I think that's on purpose because, uh, you know, they don't they don't want, I, you know, I don't know if Blind Dave's here or not, but I remember when he was, he said there was a time in his life that he almost had to move to Mexico just for his insulin. He just couldn't afford it here and over there. You're paying a lot less, and and there are those little towns with with basically veterinarian doctors, but there's also some of the top medical. Even not only here, but in Spain, they say they do a lot of knee surgeries. They say if you need a knee surgery, you can go to Spain, get your knee operated, recover, stay there three years, learn Spanish, run with the bulls. Get, bust your knee again and get it fixed for cheaper than what you can get it done here in the United States after <laughs> insurance. That's crazy. No, it's, it's absolutely criminal, honestly. Like it's, 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 it's the lobbyists, right? The, the big pharma lobbyists that are blocking this stuff over here. And you know why? Because it's not because it's not, it's not working. It's not because it's dangerous or satanic. It's because they won't be able to pump you full of pills if they can actually heal you. You know what I mean? And this goes back yeah. to crypto. And I'll just like, remember Senator Warren, what she said last week, she tweeted something about how Bitcoin is playing a critical role or like playing, maybe not critical, but like an important role in the opioid uh, epidemic in the United States, because people are able to buy, you know, uh, fentanyl from China with Bitcoin. And that's such a, a load of garbage. You know, what's contributing to like the opioid epidemic, big pharma pumping people full of op like Oxycontin, right. And not allowing them to have stem cell therapy that, might you know actually heal their spine? Might actually heal the, the their hips and their shoulders and their knees. Or the but drug, they don't need the this drug stuff. War period, you know that you can't just uh, you have to buy these things off the street because they aren't in a way that you can consume them in any sort of you know you can't get them and not feel like you're a criminal or feel like you're going to risk going to jail or whatever. So people go to the streets because they're hooked rather than some sort of system to handle these people that are addicted to opioids that were given to them. Uh, right. Probably unnecessarily. That, well, that, I mentioned that last week about an interview with Dr. Drew. I listened to where he talked about it. It was uh, why it all started. So, well, I, I don't want to get sidetracked because I think this is an interesting conversation. I love this stuff, but um, the, what do you think? Like, I mean, I, I don't know anybody who's a migrant worker, but I would imagine, like, if you had, there's got to be people who are regularly communicating that there are businesses aligned with that 
you know, that service this system, not just purely the payment system, but whatever, you know, I, I looked a little bit online, like there are apps where if you're here in the U.S. from, you know, anywhere, Nigeria or something, there are apps where you can kind of say, hey, I'm here from Nigeria and it'll help you locate people around you that are also from Nigeria, that type of thing, right? And there's got to be communities or cultures that build up and that you have to kind of tap into in a way. Oh. I mean, like to me, this is a no brainer. Like, this is such the obvious way that you're going to get people to use these things and have them mean something like in a meaningful way to them beyond speculation. Right. Yeah. It, underground, it will work a hundred percent. The problem with the migrant workers is they are the uneducated and they are, they have no, there is no reading. There's no math. There's no, they don't understand. So it has to be that simple, stupid to where uh, they all have a phone. And if you have that QR code, maybe, and then they could receive it because the people over there are uneducated. Most of it is still on barter. They understand the money. They, but it, Everybody that deals with those people takes complete advantage. Most of the people get taken advantage of because of the lack of education. Well, like, you know, um, I talked, used to talk about the app Abra a long time ago. Um, the guy who runs that, Bill Barheight, he's pretty available. I mean, it might be something that he may be willing to reach out, but I, from what I remember, this may be in the past, but they have physical locations or you can go to like a, uh, a carry out in, I think it's like 70 different countries. You can bring cash with you, buy crypto and send it somewhere. Like you, like you go to the, go to the front to the desk, the counter, give them a hundred bucks, say, Hey, I want a hundred dollars in whatever Bitcoin. How is that? They'll, they'll deposit. You've done that before. Yeah, I was in the when I was in the Philippines. This was a while back, like I think 2018. I want to say, yeah. And um, they would be <laughs> sorry, is my dog going crazy? But uh, right. they would be uh, they would be at these um, pawn shops, basically, and, and some exchanges as well, uh, currency exchanges. But yeah, you could go there. Uh, they had a person with a phone, basically, and they take your money or they give you money. Uh, depending if they received or if you sent uh, money, it was pretty. It was pretty simple. Um, yeah, and as you're saying, as long as someone has a phone, um, that infrastructure to build out, though, I mean, it is doable. Abra was able to do it with their pond, with with a lot of these stores um, uh, in the Philippines, uh, as well as exchanges. We also have MoneyGram, uh, to some degree, I guess. But um, you know, it's a start to being able to send people Litecoin. Uh, using their network instead of you know the U.S. dollar or the Litecoin network, but, um, but like you truly have to connect to individuals. Like I feel like you have to. <laughs> as silly as this is, sound crazy, but you got to somebody, somebody Spanish speaking, get on those buses that are going from Detroit to San Antonio or whatever, right? Where you have the, to incentivize people, a person to do that. Yeah, how like, are these people? Gonna... Give them, give them tools to communicate to people. And say, look, this is how it works, and get people like what what Lisa and Clint go do in their happy hour, right? 
You got time on a bus. Hey, if you're interested and you're spending money, you're losing money in your transfers, here's a way to do it that's cheaper. And and maybe even it's just simple. It's like you start out with a couple of cities or a couple of towns that actually it's functional. It just feels like that's the way, you know, word of mouth and people using these tools is the way that it gets adopted. It's not going to happen. Definitely. Word of mouth is the best way of any type of form of uh, spreading an adoption. You know, it's personal. And I'm sorry. Hold on one second. I I know I've kind of just been hijacking it, but um, with, uh, you know, in the Philippines, a good case study or even looking at El Salvador's case study, but Philippines was more of a business. And they started it out, they created an application very similar to Strike, and they incentivized people to go out there to encourage these businesses to be able to accept Bitcoin and Lightning Bitcoin using their application. Um, ideally, though, like start a business that does that and then go out there and incentivize people by earning them rewards for getting businesses to accept Bitcoin. And those businesses, I mean, obviously, that's, you got the chicken but you not, or the egg, I guess, but you still need the chicken. Um, that's the other hard part though. And I think that's been the biggest issue in El Salvador. I mean, a lot of people do go down there. A lot of tourism has gone down there and has increased because of Bitcoin. And so those businesses would see that they see that they're getting users using this currency. And that's, that's a great way to go about it. I think that's probably one of the better approaches, um, in getting people to to adopt it and use it. I I just wonder if I'm a shop owner in El Salvador and I'm selling whatever, I don't know how much, I don't know that it adds any value to my life to receive payment in lightning Bitcoin versus the U.S. dollar. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm not, well, I wasn't so, losing so anything. I'm not, I wasn't business, paying a fee beforehand. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, so this business in the Philippines, they were using lightning. And the person who was receiving it, the store owner, they would receive Philippine peso. Um, so okay. they didn't even have to deal with Bitcoin. But obviously, they have that option, right? You know, you could just say, yeah, I want some percentage or whatever. Or at least that functionality is doable. Um, and, and there's always an entrepreneur yeah. that will go, I understand the value of Litecoin in that town. You know, put it this way, you or me or anybody else understanding the value of Litecoin would go, okay. In other words, they get it to their phone. They come to me. I cash them out in their peso in their native uh, country and and I think we've talked about it with uh, Mega that you know there are places in, in Brazil where they take Monero and different other coins that they call the Cuevas so people actually go there yeah do they get charged a certain percentage sure I mean, anybody that touches it is going to make money but they are 10 times better off than the current system that is totally gouging them. And that's just an opinion. And also knowing the people that are doing it. Those towns, there is no cell service in those towns. So, um, and to for you to do it on the bus underground, let me just finish with this. I mean, I'm not, I mean, go ahead. <laughs> uh, it, it, it would have to be with pictures because a lot of the migrants, the ones that you're adopt, wanting to, live in those towns in other words they want to send it they can and if it's three or four pictures qr code this and you sent your money with a happy face you got a very loyal clientele in south america they are uh, whatever 
if it's tied, everybody uses tied. I don't know what you call that, but everybody is very loyal, product loyal, I guess. And once you get it, you're done. That's it. There's no way that another company, even if they're charging a lot less, will take over that market. I'm not even creating a company. I mean, they're, they're, I, I do feel like it would make sense to have, to really dig into like where are the places that you can uh, be most valuable to those people. Um, and I, I would tell you, and I invited him in, he's not, I'm not sure if he's going to come in, but we have a, we have a big ally down there that Aaron Diaz Chavez that used to come in here. He's got a channel, a bit venue. I think it is. He's got like 60,000 followers. It's Spanish speaking financial news. He talks crypto. He's a big light coiner. And he's the type of guy that, you know, if we could find, you know, communicate with him, he puts the word out there. Who knows? One of his listeners might be interested, you know, because it sounds like the type of thing. Honestly, I, I think of like a, a like a, a green piece or what, what's the thing that. Uh, oh, shit. What is it like college kids used to go do where they'd go? Uh, the Peace Corps, something Peace like that, Corps, right? yeah. where it's like, hey, maybe you raise money, you get these get some people out there that are just out to spread the word, which I think is what Bitcoin Beach was basically like. Right. And instead of it being this uh, stationary people, but literally targeting the thing that has the most, where where there is so much value to be had. I mean, if you're losing five to ten to twenty percent of your money because of money changers, and you can avoid that, um, why wouldn't you be interested? And why wouldn't you be loyal? Someone came up and said, "I've and you know could change." I mean, that's that's a significant change to somebody's. Uh, finances. You're talking disposable income, right? That's exactly how it will work. Look, these people, there's always somebody, if there's money to be made, and there is, there will be a channel for it. It's just somebody's got to be the first. It's already happening in Brazil, but it just happens to be Monero seems to be what they've uh, gravitated to. In other coins, I, I don't know much about Brazil, but I, I have talked to people from Brazil and they go to a certain place to, and it's, you would call it a black market, but it's not a black market. It's just a market where people are, they want out of their, their money. And I think they would love it for two reasons. It's not, not as volatile as their peso or whatever the hell they use. or the dollar or anything else. So once the person, the main guy is there, he will do all the promoting. If I'm the guy in the little town and I'm the one handling Litecoin, I want to be the biggest guy to where everybody comes to me. That will be the incentive for them to uh, create that because there is now a market for Litecoin. Others will follow, but uh, the first one, well, he gets further ahead. I mean, this goes back to like animal. I'm gonna let you talk right after this. <laughs> Sorry, I know you've had your hand up. Good. It makes me think about you know when we've talked about like the this ethos or whatever of Litecoin. You know, doing something to be like kind of a good steward of Litecoin that you're not that if you are somebody who's gonna be facilitating, I don't know, I'm I'm turning your cash into Litecoin or vice versa. I'm helping you out. 
I'm not going to charge you some absorbent fee, right? Like usury or something like that. Like 2% is a fair fee flat out. That's it. <laughs> so if you're a Litecoiner, don't ever charge more than that. I don't know. Go ahead. Just a thought. Go ahead, Animal. Have you, have you Cake did the, or Cake Wallet released this week, its ability to, um, to send Litecoin to uh, anyone with a Litecoin address in their Twitter bio. Uh, they've had that for a little bit, but uh, oh, have they? Yeah, okay. yeah. Bird, bird pay, they call it. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool. And I wonder if that could be somehow used. If you know, because you guys are talking about having pictures of QR codes, what if someone just gives you their their Twitter handle? Oh, um, you know, it can make it. They don't need their phone on them at the moment. They don't even need to have a QR code. They could just tell you their Twitter handle. Um, well, and they may even be able to incorporate other ways that. Again, like let's say there's apps that uh, people use in Latin America that we don't use here, uh, where they could maybe find ways to incorporate that as well, right? Um, and th- you know that, that's a good point. Those guys are, I mean, they've been so they're so supportive of just getting people to use these coins. They're a high, they're big in Monero, right, Javier? So if there is a lot of Monero use in Latin America. That might be something they'd be interested in in helping out with as well. Yeah, and, and and don't get me wrong, underground. The gouging only comes at the beginning. As people learn that you can have your own phone and your own uh, wallet and your own, all of a sudden, that's where the explosion comes. It doesn't. So, yeah, the guy gets it started because he's the one making the money at the beginning because he knows how to operate the computer or the phone. But very shortly, when it is just about whatever QR codes or whatever, and it's that simple, there will be more. And then people go, we don't need we don't need a third party. It goes back to peer to peer. So now I'm sending you the money and they know how to convert it into cash. So it, it will grow that way, but it starts off the other way. Somebody take the advantage. No, yeah, no. I, I feel like I feel like Elon's probably going to corner this market with his X app, because um, Twitter's like worldwide; it's global, right? Whereas, and it's the X app is going to model itself after WeChat, um, which is restricted to China, or mostly restricted. I think most of the functionality is restricted to China, and to you know Chinese nationals. And, and sadly, I agree I, with you. Just one one quick. Sadly, I agree with you. Elon Musk has been in Charo days here in Brownsville, Texas, which is right here on the border. No protection, no nothing. He said he would show up. He showed up. There's pictures of him on the street, or at least a guy that looks a lot like him. So he is close to this border, and people absolutely love him across the border. Interesting. How do you say Rocket Man in Spanish? Bendejo. (laughs) <laughs> don't tell these people that i'm not that stupid javier <laughs> have you guys been like hearing this adrian guy though in these spaces he i swear to god he is Elon yes Musk. like i i don't hear any... he's got the same uh yeah sorry yeah, he's got the same uh, kind of accent everybody's conspiracy theory around fake accounts adrian yeah, he's got the same name? accent the way he talks uh, everywhere like the there isn't any difference, I can tell, really, to be honest. 
pretty crazy. His, uh, but in terms of X, he's really smart yeah, as well. Um, I, one thing I was thinking about, like in terms of X app, I'm pretty excited for it happily, and I think he's going to integrate Tesla self-driving. Just imagine requesting a Tesla, like Uber or Lyft, and it shows up, and you're using the X app, and you got the social media component, like you're saying, or like what the way it is now, and also payments. You know, it it really is. Um, I haven't messed with WeChat, but there's other ones in the Philippines similar where it's basically everything in one application. It's pretty cool. No, I mean, if you if you can have the ability to start a store, for example, like some kind of a merchant portal in, in the X app, right? I mean, that's the whole, then you have the whole package, right? You don't need anything else. You don't, you know, barely even need a website. Oh, definitely. Um, and then using the self-driving cars to be able to deliver it. And you got the money right there as well. It's an all-in-one. It really will be an all-in-one. I can already imagine it now, you know, vision it. And um, yeah, I think it, I think it'll be a pretty big player in the space for sure. It'd be interesting if he did that and he just incorporated like, you know, whatever's considered a commodity or something and just did uh, on-chain and didn't do any lightning or anything. <laughs> Just so it was like Doge and Sorry, did it go quiet or is it me? M M Web, yeah, it's just you. M Web built in. That'd be nice. <laughs> I like how you said it's just you, like he could hear you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh well yeah, that I mean I think these are things that uh if anybody in here, if you listen to this, if you've got any connections or insight, I, I feel like I might I might try to reach out to MoneyGram. Um I'd be really interested to learn what it is that they, what their business model is. I mean, obviously they don't want to be cut out, but if they're allowing users to hold and send Litecoin, um, what's the, you know, how do they factor into that? I'm guessing they custody the coins, which I also think, I mean, I hate to sound like a, a Bitcoiner these days, but custody to me is something that, Certainly in the early stages is something people, I think, need to feel comfortable before they take that next step of, you know, holding your keys. I don't know. I don't know if the best way is to just break them in and say, here, uh, figure it out. Or if it's like kind of put up some guardrails, you know. I mean, I mean, MoneyGram could always use multi-sig, right? Um, whether or not they would go to those. Yeah, whether or not they're they're their clients would even want to start to understand that well, is, the, is another what's story. Benefit, what's the benefit for money grant? You know, they certainly want to keep their customers. And, right. Uh, it adds complexity and would certainly, it would, it would be best if it were optional. Like if someone who's more technical and maybe if, if someone had more money uh, stored, for example, like they might want to go through that extra step um, and make the effort. I don't think that's, but yeah. I don't think most people, and that's one of the interesting parts. I think, you know, we sit here and talk store value, store value, store value. Um, and that's important. But the reality is, gosh, 90% of the world probably doesn't store a whole lot of value in money. They're probably not storing much value at all. Most people are living very uh, week to week. Even in the United States, you know, the quote unquote richest country in the world was like 60% of people live paycheck, paycheck to paycheck. So you have to imagine that it's more about having as much as you can available to you 
and not having it taken from you. Yeah, I've always said like it's funny when you think about inflation. You know, granted, I, you know, I'm picking on Bitcoin, but you know, if you pay over the course of uh, like let's say every month you pay one percent of your transactions go to fees, that's like a twelve percent uh, in uh, inflation fee essentially. If you're paying just these, it's more expensive than inflation to pay transaction fees. That's all I'm trying to say. All right, I'm gonna move on. Unless you guys want to talk about, uh, do we want to create Litecoin, Litecoin Lagoon somewhere <laughs> in Belize? I think Belize is the place to go. Anybody well, got I a mean, connection from Belize? Some some place with stem cells, please. Like we could, <laughs> we could all be like Litecoin vampires. <laughs> Tell me that stuff is insane. Like stem cells are crazy, man. <laughs> They're so cool. So what'd you do? Did you get recovered? Are you like hundred percent? Well, immediately, like the, after the first day, my shoulder just feels so much better. I'm able to sleep without taking any pain meds, um, and and wake up rested. Like I wasn't tossing and turning at night. And the other thing is with the IV, this stuff. Like I so I like had uh, an IV of uh, 100 million stem cells, um, and this stuff just goes through like all your arteries and your veins, and it kind of just kills all the inflammation that you have in your fingers, your toes, wherever your heart. Oh my God. So it goes straight for the heart. So if you're, if you've got a bunch of cholesterol, maybe like faulty valves or something like that, they'll go in there and heal it, like reduce the inflammation and heal it. And then after it goes in the lungs. So like, honestly, if you're like athletic at all, and even if you're in good shape and you have nothing wrong with you, getting an IV, of this stuff is going to boost your performance, like in a supernatural and healthy way. Um, there's other, you can do other stuff. Sorry if I'm going on about this, but like, yeah. so people have uh, who are going bald or who have alopecia, they can have it injected into their scalp and their hair will grow back. It's it's literally like the fountain of youth. Um, and it feels like the 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 second day, the first day I was, I was traveling still, like I was kind of exhausted. But the second day, I kid you not, I woke up in the morning and it felt like fucking lightning was would come out of my fingertips you know like i felt like i was goku going super saiyan like it was insane again you feel like a kid again i yeah yeah like i woke up and i felt good i wasn't sore i wasn't like i was i felt rested like like i just had a really good nap and like i woke up feeling great but like i normally don't have that right i normally never feel like it's been a long time since i felt that way yeah animal it's almost it's almost like they're keeping us from something yeah. here in the United States. I'm, I'm just saying. I don't know. It's almost like they're satanic. You know, it's almost like like they're the criminals. Yeah, no, it's, well, if, if you know the the, the thing of, of, of the AIDS, it, it, was, it wasn't that it was cured. It's basically that the thing with AIDS is the same thing with the coronavirus and everything else. Heavy zinc, vitamin D, vit, vitamins is what took care of it. It just didn't kind of profit big pharma and so over there because of the most of the population is poor it just it's just not worth gouging nobody would go to any of those uh places for medicaid for for medical care but i know all the canadians here they go to progresso it, there's actually a parking lot there that you just leave your car here in the united states you walk across and that for dental, you name it, right there in about a mile area, you can get just 
absolutely anything you want, including medications. Uh, but and that's it's, it's the medication, right? Because over there, medications are like a, a quarter of the price of what they are in Canada, and probably like oh, you know one hundredth. Yeah, well, quarter. and not only that, you got to be careful because they don't deal. And in fact, I mean, they don't deal in the illegal ones. A lot of the illegal ones that, uh, more of the ones that get you high, they do sell them there. The mafia runs that street, but they are the ones selling you the bullshit. Uh, the other one, there's a way of knowing what medication is right. And usually with a prescription, the doctor will send you to the right pharmacy. But uh, yeah, that's, uh, if, I don't know if Blind Dave was in here or not, but. It was so ridiculous. I think it was $1,200 a month for him for his uh, diabetes medicine. And uh, over there, you know, it was, I don't know, but it was whatever it was. It, it was like three bucks. A, yeah, it would be 15 bucks a month. I, I don't know. It's, it's like I had a quote to get my deep cleaning in, in, and I would have gone. But I didn't have time when I went over here. My cousin said, yeah, go over here. And I was like, what? 30? I'm like, well, whatever they do. It was a deep cleaning. I mean, it was, it was truly a deep cleaning. And uh, it was 30 bucks. How much are they overcharging over there? Over here. Right. Yeah, it's, it's, it's criminal. It's absolutely criminal. I don't know how, I don't know how we were like, man. I was talking to my doctor, and it's it's so it's so discouraging that they the believe it. Thing, you know, the only thing that is not counted against your credit here in the United States is going to the hospital. If you don't pay your bills after seven years, it's dropped. It doesn't go against your uh, credit scores. Believe it That's or not, what, you have to declare bankruptcy anyways, or no, you don't. You don't. Oh. You just don't. What happens is the rest of the taxpayers, the rest of the idiots pay for it. Uh, the, the hospitals get paid or they wouldn't be there, be here. So it goes there and then it goes to collections from there. The collectors probably don't get it. But the reason is, I mean, I went, I was in Florida. I got a kidney stone. I went in. I asked them, hey, listen, I, I have this insurance. They go, we don't worry about the insurance. You're here and you need to be taken care of. Fine. I was there one day, past the kidney stone. I started getting bills because it, my insurance wasn't covered in Florida. Sixty thousand dollars. They said I I saw three uh, doctors. I never saw. It was Thanksgiving Day. Nobody was there, and I I said I refuse to pay this bill. Sue me, and I'm willing to go to court. And if I do, I'm going to go. I never saw that doctor. I never saw this doctor. I'm willing to pay what I have, but I had insurance for a reason, and they told me not to worry. And so now, well, I, my ex-wife was in, in mortgage, and, and she was a VP of Chase Manhattan Bank. And, the, and I, I was aware that the only credit scores that don't go against you is hospital. Yeah, and it's an because story, of the right? amount of fraud that's going on. And if you go to the hospital, just go back. And look at it, and they're going to send you bills for, for things that never happened. I mean, it's 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 a mafia. And and you can haggle them over the stuff, right? Like. Oh yeah. If, after 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 it goes to collections, you know they'll they'll want to settle as soon as you pay a little bit. The the bill will never stop. 
In other words, you pay that collection person, uh, they'll say 3000 will settle. I've, I've had them for 3000 that they want to settle the whole damn thing for 3000 But it's not. You settle that, now the other guy comes after you. And the other guy comes after you. So it's not going against my school. After seven years, they have to drop it here in the United States. And it's not that I want to do that, but I have insurance for a reason. And when they, when they did that to me, I was like, well, you're not going to come after me because sue me. I mean, I'm, I'm okay. Take me to court. I'll go to court. I'll explain what happened. $60,000 for overnight stay on a kidney stone. Basically, they gave me antibiotics, and I passed it. And I, I mean, you, you did all the work, for crying out loud. Yeah. I gave, birth through, I, I gave birth through my dick. That's what I felt like. Excuse my language. No, I had, speaking of that, I remember my second child, we went to the hospital at like, it was late at night, maybe like 1130. And they're like, well, here, just go wait in the waiting room. Cause she wasn't having, you know, or whatever contractions weren't fast enough. And we sat there, it's like two in the morning and then end up having the baby the next morning. A few weeks later, I get the bill and it was like, they charged me for this for staying in the hospital the first night and i was like why well, didn't i didn't stay that we sat in a waiting room i wasn't like literally the, when we got there at 11 30 they were trying to charge me for staying in the hospital for those 30 minutes of like 2500 dollars or some shit and i was like but i wasn't even there like i was in a waiting room i didn't have a room and i've just like you said Javier, I, was, I just refused to pay i was like you guys can go through this you gotta show me video camera of when i was in a room it didn't happen right and eventually they will, they'll back off when they, when they're pushed against the wall. But, you know, a lot of people probably just unknowingly pay that. It's just, it's, uh, I mean, yeah, the whole system's kind of jacked up. It's too bad. Most, but... most people pay it and then they will give you BS charges and the government already, I mean, they already know that. And it doesn't matter. The doctors get paid. Everybody gets paid. It's just through our tax payers. It's just somebody else paying something else just came in al i was talking about you earlier if you want to come up because uh we had a long conversation about the whole remittance story do you can you kind of recap uh the story you had about your wife's family or something your in-laws are overseas i don't know if you can if you can't come up just give me a thumbs down or something oh here he comes I suppose I should invite you up instead of just ordering you to request. But, uh, hey, what's going on? Hey, uh, I'm actually outside right now. I don't know if you can hear me well. Yeah, I got you. Right. Um, yeah, so a few years ago, um, so I, I, I mean, some people might know, but I actually lived in Mexico for a while. But I was studying in college in Mexico, and that's where I met my, my now wife. But when I came back to the U.S., uh, she was still there. Like, she still had to finish up her school and everything. So uh, we were actually separate for, like, two years. But during that two-year period, um, she needed money for certain things, and she wasn't working. So I told her to set up a, an, an account on your, your – it's, it's called Bitso. It's the, the Mexican exchange, the, the largest exchange. Um, and I was sending her uh, Litecoin. But the cool thing about that exchange is that you can actually cash out to Mexican pesos like almost immediately in like half an hour like she would send it over and have it in her ATM and after that she became a believer in crypto that was like she's like holy shit like this is incredible 
Where where in Mexico did she live? I'm sorry, I couldn't hear. What what city did she live in? Was she near the border or Mexico City or what? Uh, she was in the state of Guanajuato, which is um, it's like five hours driving from Mexico City, like like deep down. And this, so this was, was this what four or five years ago? Yeah, this is maybe like. What was this, 2019, 2019, 2018, around there? And what, um, like, is I'm assuming she had a phone at the time. Like, this is, you know, Javier was bringing up earlier, like, maybe not everybody has the devices or... Because we were t- I was more focused on the migrant workers, right? Um, I mean, is it... I don't know enough about Mexico. I don't want to ask ridiculous questions. But, I mean, is there a big divide between kind of the city life of Mexicans and the migrant worker culture, or is it, are there a lot of non-tech savvy people down there? Um, it, it's a little different. Um, I would say they, they use technology a little differently than we do. Like everyone has a, or at least everyone I've met in Mexico has their, their uh, iPhone or Samsung, whatever. Um, I mean, it might just be like in the very rural communities where people don't really have uh, these types of gadgets. But what they do use a lot uh, inside of Mexico is, so they, they don't have like a Venmo, Zelle type, type of stuff like we do here, but they eat, they all go to their local convenience stores, say like a 7-Eleven, uh, Circle K sort of stores. There's like a ton of those. And they send money to each other through those little stores, but it's like super convenient, like because those stores are literally everywhere. So you just like walk over and you send it over to someone's account, and they they send money to each other that way. But I mean, crypto could work somehow. Is it like a Western Union thing, though? So uh, I'm not so sure how that actually works. Um, so, for example, I live in Southern California, so there's like a shit ton of of uh, immigrants around here and there's a lot of those little money shops like the remittances like Western Union and all that and like if you go on a Friday afternoon they're all packed like people just sending money home so I mean there's there's a lot of potential that I think it would just come down to trying to target that crowd which may be the, the, the hard thing to do well you wonder the store owners right like they're just they're just using uh whatever is available to them, something like Western Union. And this is where like something like, you know, strike actually uh, probably would be super valuable to those people. Granted, it's only Bitcoin, but, um, you know, if you could replace Western Union for the shop owners and say, hey, here's another, like find a way to put a, to simplify it for them and say, look, here's a way you can send money and, not and either maybe your profits increase or you're able to offer a better rate to your customers and you're just borrowing the litecoin network for however long it takes that money to go from a to b right yeah yeah that's a good point i mean i've I've been over the past few months like i've been kind of brainstorming like like what could be a good way to to like like for going down that that rabbit hole the remittance but I always come to the conclusion, like I, I think I, I messaged you earlier, like eventually people are going to find out that they can just 
directly send it through a wallet, right? Like instead of having to go to one of these shops, I mean, that, 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 that probably is the first step. Um, yeah, just yeah, slightly I, dumbing it down for people. And then from there, they can figure it out on their own. I'm not so focused on like, hey, I got to create a business around it. I'm just thinking it's the natural place to see adoption. Uh, Chief, you came up. I know you're down in Southern, Southern, Southern California. Are you guys buddies or neighbors or what? No, no, no. But I, 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 I do have a question. Um, Al, what was the exchange where you sent the Litecoin or the crypto to your girlfriend? What was it? Uh, Bitso. Uh, I'm pretty, I think it's the, the largest exchange in, in Mexico. And if I'm not mistaken, I think Coinbase was like trying to buy them out or something. But I just like the number one. B-I-T-X-O? B-I-T-S-O. Oh, it's okay. B-I-T-X-O. Is it, it's, is it still up or...? Yeah, yeah, I, I, the the exchange owner, he's the, I don't, I'm not sure if you guys have seen pictures of like Samson Mao, like in Mexico, uh, like trying to talk to politicians, like that guy's usually with him. <clears throat> I haven't seen him. Yeah, the, basically, there, yeah, there, there's a lot of potential people sending money around. Um, but yeah, like like you were saying, education is probably number one. Yeah, because I got to figure out, because I got family in Mexico as well, and I got to figure out what's the easiest way to introduce um, crypto to. Because, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but, for example, you said once you did it with your girlfriend, she quickly got it and understood it, and she thought it was cool. With me, it's a little different. It took, like, around a year and a half um, for my girlfriend to kind of, like when it clicked, when I noticed it, like, oh shit. So this, cause when I, it's when we did an MWeb transaction, like maybe four weeks ago or maybe like a month ago, I'm sorry. And then I did an MWeb transaction to her and then she's like, oh, this is like cash. And it just clicked to her. And, and it took a year and a half since we've been, since I've been talking to her about crypto. So it's, I don't know, I don't know um, what kind of stories you guys have, but my, mine took forever. <laughs> Yeah, I, I guess mine just saw money show up in her bank account. This is like, this is fucking awesome. <laughs> well, it's like magic. And, assume, and then hopefully, eventually, they stop cashing out, right? And they realize, like, well, why even bother? If uh, if you can find, certainly if you can find some of these shop owners that are doing the money changing, maybe they say, well, heck, I'll just accept it, right? Yeah, so maybe someone who would be good to to target on Twitter uh, would be that, that um, Ricardo Salinas guy. So he's, he's one of Mexico's richest uh, people, and he's into Bitcoin. But it's interesting that his dad was actually the, the president of Mexico Silver Association. And um, he, he, he owns one of the, the large um, electronics chain, like kind of like a Best Buy type of store in, in Mexico. And I believe that they're actually work, working with, with um, getting people to send money from the U.S. over to, to those, uh, I, I believe the store is called Electra. And they're, they're already kind of doing that. But at the moment, he's just Bitcoin only. But, I mean, his dad is really into silver, and he, he's probably into silver. So maybe somehow we can kind of try like DMing him or find Litecoin and silver. Yeah, I mean, I guess I just look at it like, I don't know, man. There's always going to be somebody who wants to be the intermediary, right? 
if they can collect a fee like it's here's the old boss same or new boss same as the old boss right like if i'm if i'm paying six percent to western union and i'm paying five percent to whoever this guy is like how much has my life really improved i, I feel like that grassroots that ability to, to talk to the people that actually move the money and say here's a better here's an option for you or, or what what's what are the challenges that they face onboarding is probably the biggest challenge how do i turn the us dollars i make at my day job into crypto and not pay some sort of ridiculous fee that's our biggest hurdle like an atm yeah. imagine an atm with 0% fees how much how much freaking crypto would you sell or a half Shit a percent time. Anywhere you could put that machine anywhere. I might put one in my front yard. Shit. <laughs> yeah. So, so the thing is, um, a lot of immigrants—they're illegals, right? So it would have to be some sort of non-KYC, uh, easy to use service that they can. Do, do you guys know any? Uh, for cash into crypto, or like bank account into crypto. Well, bank account you're KYCing already. Uh, Yo, guys, I got it. I got it. In Mexico, yeah. dude, you just have to get the cartels on board. <laughs> oh, I'm not. I'm not going to have that conversation. <laughs> you knock yourself out, <laughs> dude. I'm. I'm pretty sure they're. Yeah, they, they. They already have to be using that stuff. Like, yeah, they're. They're. They're smart. <laughs> yeah, I mean that. That's the thing that sucks is you have to really. You know, if I if I sell crypto to somebody for cash, what's the implication to me as an individual? Uh, am I allowed to do that? Am I allowed to go on Coinbase, buy a bunch of, you know, go to my bank, take a bunch of cash. Let's say I take three grand in cash, put it in my bank, deposit it onto Coinbase and buy crypto. So I have it available to me. And then when someone wants to buy it, I just sell it to them for cash. Is that illegal? I don't know. Am I a money? Am I an exchange? Am I, what am I doing at that point? If I feed a machine with, you know, put a machine in my front yard, whatever, I have a shop and I put a machine out there that allows people to deposit cash and take crypto. What's the... What's the legal ramifications? You know what um we're missing? Uh you remember you know what's that Bitcoin faucet thing where they were just giving Bitcoin away? Um yeah. they're not gonna give Litecoin or Bitcoin away anymore in this um in twenty twenty three, but I guess that's what's what's missing. Um being able to give um Litecoin and showing them how easy it is to use. Because most of the people, especially we're talking about people that don't make um enough money and living paycheck to paycheck, they're not going to be wanting to just give you $40, $50 and be like, okay, show me something. And where they, all they, all they can think of is my money's going to go down or my money's going to go up. Yeah. But dude, if you had, but think if, okay, we're on, we're on the deposit end. If I'm a migrant worker, I'm sending money back to my family every week and 10% is going away. Let's say, just use that number. And someone says, look, handles it as open board like i mean if it's 50 bucks are you gonna you know you'll say look let's walk through this process i'll 
I'll just hold on to the cash. I'll put it right on the table. You know, if you get pissed off, you just tell it. But send it. Be on the phone or text with your person on the other end, your kids or your wife, whatever. And when they receive it, that's step one, right? You've eliminated the front end cost. They've they've been able to hand over cash and it, the entire amount is sent to their partner on the other side. Now, granted, I'm talking in very weird terms here because there's no business where people are just going to walk to my house and make this happen. But you get my you get my meaning here. Uh, and then on the other end, how do they turn that into some a good pay their rent with it? That's the most important part, right? How do they actually make that happen? And if once those two, once that bridge is crossed. And maybe it's their, maybe it's just their landlord. Maybe they can get to an agreement with their landlord to, hey, can I just send, can I just pay my wife's rent with Litecoin? Are you good with that? Boom. Well, it's every month they're going to do that. Why wouldn't they? It costs them zero, I mean, whatever, a tenth of a penny to make that transaction happen. So maybe, you know, I don't, I don't know. I know, I just think that that's, that is the way that people will adopt this stuff. If if it's all going to be in custodial accounts and people are just going to speculate on these assets, it it just loses so much meaning to what it can actually do for people. Yeah, I feel that it's this. There's got to be an incentive for someone to to want to do that, and in some countries, like it's already happening, right? You got hyper hyperinflation. Is all that needs to happen for people to want to stay out of the U.S. dollar and to go into something more stable. Unfortunately, I think, yeah, that that would that would solve the whole problem with people not wanting to to transact it. Because I've I've asked my landlord before if he would take crypto, and you know he wasn't interested at all. And even when even when it was when it was up, you know. He's probably afraid of it. Sure. But I mean, I guess most people's landlords are probably older than they are. Right. And this guy wasn't necessarily a tech guy. I, I think it's, it's a little bit of the age. I think it's, again, the legality is definitely, um, what I think worries a lot of people. And that's where the people at the, to me, I've, I don't know. I'm making a lot of assumptions. I don't know any migrant workers. I'm sorry. I'm not, if I'm saying things out of turn, it sound horrible, but like when people don't have a whole lot to lose, those are the people that are most likely to try this stuff out. Maybe take a roll of dice. Well, shit, I'm paying 20% every month. 20% of my money goes to these fucking guys who just move my money from A to B. If you're telling me you can make that zero or 2% or 4%, Hell yeah, I'll give it a shot. It works one or two times. It's off to the races. And then they're going to tell everybody they know, dude, stop paying 20%. You can just use Litecoin, you know, talk to your landlord, go to your local shop. This store accepts it. It doesn't take, it doesn't take long, I guess, right? 